0: With New Orleans Saints quarterback Derek Carr in concussion protocol for the second time in a month, Jameis Winston should be the starter for the New Orleans Saints week 14. We got all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow always for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked On Saints insider today by simply texting HOODAT to 504-285-7473. I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credentialed member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked On NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, on Locked On Saints. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked On Saints, it's our Monday show, continuing to recap what was a uh, disappointing loss, but a a good fight shown by the New Orleans Saints up against the Detroit Lions. We're going to take a look at what we didn't like, what we did like. So we'll take a look at why the Saints decided to go away from the run game while they were still in it again for some reason. We're also going to take a look at how the Saints stars played well. So a little bit about what we liked, what we didn't like. And then to kick us all off, just an update for you on Derek Carr's status. So here's my take on the Derek Carr situation right now and I want to be very clear this does not have anything to do with his performance at one point he completed 15 consecutive passes uh, up against the Detroit Lions yes he had the early interception in a pass that was well placed but bounced off the hands of Jawan Johnson not necessarily on him James Hurst runs into a football as it's being snapped that ends up causing a fumble all these other things I thought that Derek Carr performed well and of course did a very good job bringing the Saints back in that game keeping everybody there making the passes, doing the things that they needed to do to be able to get back into the game. Now, I give a lot of credit to Alvin Kamara, a lot of credit to Taysom Hill, a lot of credit to Derek Carr, a lot of credit to Chris Olave for getting all that done. However, Derek Carr should not be the starter for the week 14 game against the Carolina Panthers. And it has nothing to do with his health and it, or excuse me, nothing to do with his uh, talent or with his ability it has everything instead to do with his health. Two concussions in the matter of a month for a guy that effectively played his entire career like without a concussion ever. Um, that's scary, man. And so I just don't see a Carolina Panthers team that's one and eleven has a rookie quarterback that's still very much struggling to get his legs under him, uh, that's undersized and probably isn't gonna pan out in the NFL. Uh, that a team that doesn't have a head coach, a team that's in turmoil. Why rush Derek Carr back to go up against a team that effectively is about to give you perhaps your most winnable game of the year? It doesn't make enough, enough sense to me to risk that. And again, a lot of people heard me say this in the postcast, or the post-game live show and thought that I was sort of saying that Derek Carr was the reason that the Saints lost to the Detroit Lions. Never said that. Never made any impression that that was my thought process. The reason why I'm talking about him not starting this upcoming weekend against the Carolina Panthers is because you don't need to rush him back from this concussion protocol. Now, because this is his second concussion, it doesn't change the steps of concussion protocol, but might make the independent neurological consultant a little bit more kind of dicey about progressing through the final part of the concussion protocol if Derek Carr makes it that far uh, at this time but he's also being evaluated for a rib injury, was noted to have a shoulder injury. Seems that the shoulder has checked out okay, is what Dennis Allen told us earlier today. So now what you're looking at is a potential rib injury with a guy landing right on top of him. And then of course, also the concussion protocol. I just don't see a reason to put this guy's like personal health aside for the chance to beat a 1-11 team. If you can't go out there and beat a one in 11 team with a guy that has been your starting quarterback before, you don't deserve to win the game anyway. It's that simple. If your defense can't can't go out there and win you this game, you don't deserve to win the game anyway. There's no reason to rush Derek Carr back for this. Let him wait. Let him do the last game of the homestand up against the New York Giants and on throughout the rest of the season. But there's no reason to rush him back in order to be ready for this game, and no reason for him to rush back to be ready for this game outside of just like the personal pride of like wanting to play football. I get it, but it just doesn't seem necessary, right? Like, can we all agree this is a winnable game for the New Orleans Saints? Can we all agree this is a winnable game for the New Orleans Saints, regardless of who's under center? And that maybe just a heavy lean on Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill is really all that this one's going to take. And then finding ways to connect with Chris Olave when the run game opens up the passing game, like isn't this simple enough that you don't have to? do something like that? I certainly think so. And maybe some people disagree with me. That's okay. Uh, But I think that Derek Carr should effectively be given two weeks to come back from concussion protocol. He might not have a choice. We'll see how quickly he progresses through protocol. We'll see what happens with the rib injury, but it just seems a little bit unnecessary to rush back for this upcoming game against the Carolina Panthers. So can the New Orleans Saints win with Jameis Winston? Absolutely. Absolutely you can. This is not a good pass defense, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, This is a defense that you should be able to run the football against as well to mitigate maybe if there is some of the concern around turnover proneness. Sure, whatever. You can mitigate all of it. You can navigate all that. It makes perfect sense. There's no reason to rush Derek Carr back for this game against the Carolina Panthers. If you continue to build out your team, you continue to build out your offensive approach through Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. If the defense does what it needs to do at the very beginning of the game, as opposed to kind of figuring out what the offense is trying to do, a couple of drives in and then adjusting to it, this is going to be a Carolina Panthers team that they faced, that they're familiar with. It's going to be very different, sure, but not vastly different, right? So it's a bit of a different circumstance than going up against a more unfamiliar opponent like the Detroit Lions, you should be able to come out here and get a fast start against the Carolina Panthers. If not, that doesn't mean that has nothing to do with who's under center. That would again be a coaching issue, right? And that would have happened whether Derek Carr is under center or whatever, because we're talking about the defense here, right? So the defense should be able to keep you into the game. Um, You've got the weapons, you've got the stars where you need them, that can end up helping you navigate this game. Maybe Rashid Shaheed's back next week. That could be helpful from a special team's perspective as well. Get some favorable uh, field position starts, things like that. It's just not necessary. Not necessary at this time to rush Derek Carr back. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he clears concussion protocol. Maybe the ribs check out perfectly fine and he's all good to go. But if there's any question mark, like if it's not 100% sure, if you're 99% sure, then you're 100% unsure in a situation like this. And the stars on offense are a big reason why I feel comfortable about the New Orleans Saints moving forward for this coming week for the betterment of the health of Derek Carr with Jameis Winston as their starter because what we saw against the Detroit Lions were the stars stepping up and playing well. Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Chris Olave, let's highlight their days as a part of what we liked from the New Orleans Saints offense as we continue on with today's episode or the New Orleans Saints team in this loss to the Detroit Lions as we continue on with this episode of Locked on Saints. put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Therapy Online is awesome and it's been very, very important for me. I've been very open about seeking therapy, utilizing therapy, and how much it's benefited me um, and, and I think that it can have a massive impact. I grew up in sort of an environment where you never talked about therapy. If you did talk about therapy, you were weak, all these other things that that's not the case today. I think we have a much better understanding of the values of therapy and the values of something like better help, which makes therapy a little bit more accessible, right? Especially if you're somebody that, uh, you know, doesn't want to be, to deal with the traffic, can't deal with the traffic, live too far away, uh, from like your nearest, uh, mental health centers and stuff like that. BetterHelp, from the comfort of your own home, on your laptop, on your phone, whatever it is, you're able to, to get access to a licensed therapist who will be specifically picked for you based on questions that you answer in your questionnaire. And don't worry if they're not a good fit, it's free to change as well. Removing all the barriers to access and also removing some of the other bureaucratic stuff you have to deal with. If somebody's not a good fit for you, you can trust yourself and BetterHelp will trust you back. So in a season of giving, give yourself what you need with Better. Help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to save 10% on your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thanks again to all the everydayers out there making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked On Sports today 24 7 stream on YouTube, YouTube's first and only national sports 24 7 stream brought to you right here. By locked on. Oh, make sure you're gonna check them out. Be a part of history. On today's episode, we're gonna take a look at the um the good and the bad, like what we liked, what we didn't like from the Sunday game against the Detroit Lions. And to start us off in terms of what we liked, um, I want to start with the stars, right? Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Chris Olave on the offensive side. These are guys that needed to have big games, that needed to be called upon and trusted by the offense, and they found ways to do that. Alvin Kamara. Uh, Putting together a a really, really nice game in this one. Uh, Ends up with uh, 59 rushing yards. Ends up uh, contributing on the offensive side of the football, or excuse me, in the receiving area uh, as well, with another 58 yards. Excuse me, he rushed with 51 yards. My apologies. Uh, But then also had 58 yards receiving. So he goes over 100 yards from scrimmage in this game. He also overtook with his two rushing touchdowns Mark Ingram for the all time rushing touchdowns leader, franchise record for the New Orleans Saints. Um, and overtook Marcus Colson for the yards from scrimmage, all-time yards from scrimmage uh, leader as well. But I I think that the the stars of this game made it possible for the New Orleans Saints to claw and scratch and fight their way back, Derek Carr being one of them as well. 15 consecutive passes completed at one point uh, continued to help to get the Saints involved and back into the game. So I think that Alvin Kamara, Derek Carr, Uh, Taysom Hill, particularly in his usage in the red zone um, and doing things that I think the Saints offensive line are more comfortable with. I think what we're seeing right now is that you'll notice that blocking for Alvin Kamara, the offensive line tends to be pretty unsuccessful, right? Uh, Particularly up the middle, but then blocking for Taysom Hill, they seem to be very successful. And I think that there's something just about what that scheme or philosophy is, because when you're blocking for Alvin Kamara on the inside, oftentimes it's an inside zone. So what you're doing is that everybody's taking that read step. It's a zone uh, block. So instead of you blocking the guy directly in front of you, you're blocking the gap that you're you're responsible for. And so you're trying to move to that gap, block that gap, and then open things up. Doesn't seem to be very successful. Uh, when it came to Alvin Kamara in, in this game and, then, and the zone run, actually not just Alvin Kamara as a whole, but the zone run as a whole, um, only three yards per carry and only a 41.2% success rate. Uh, when it comes to that, one of the lowest in the NFL this week. Um, not by far, not the lowest because the lowest was actually the Los Angeles Rams' twenty-eight point six percent success rate. So still, vastly more successful than anything Los Angeles was able to do uh, in that area of the game. But still, one of the least successful ones. But then what we saw was the man or a gap concept, which is a little bit more like go over there and and block the guy in front of you, punch them in the mouth. They performed extremely well. They were averaging four point three yards per carry in that scheme to a 68.8% success rate. So a big time leap and step forward in terms of man blocking, which is block the guy in front of you versus zone blocking, which makes the offensive line or the, or the protection responsible for a, uh, a gap instead. And so I just wonder if maybe like that's something that you look at and you go, okay, maybe that's where the New Orleans Saints can also find their identity in the run game, which they've struggled to do so far. When you run inside, Man gap scheme, punch the other team in the mouth. When you run to the outside, then maybe that's a time to where you're able to utilize some of these uh, zone blocking concepts and all of that. Um, Alvin Kamara, uh, three missed tackles forced in this game and had uh, you know those, 50, those 51 rushing yards with a long of just 16. So he was consistently churning and picking up yards. Um, and then uh, 3.14 yards after contact per attempt. That's up from around one, which is what we've seen so far for him uh, this season, and then Taysom Hill, right? Taysom Hill, the other star that absolutely performed well. The 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 um, what he was able to do, of course, in the run game and the man blocking scheme, which I think gives that team a lot of confidence, right? It's, it makes it, it makes you feel a lot more confident to go into you know a a, a run game scenario and just out you know just out bully the the big ugly guys in front of you, uh, then they kind of like win with finesse, right? Like that gives you a lot of confidence in that way. And so I think that that's something that is beneficial for this New Orleans Saints offensive line, particularly when running in between the tackles, is to have sort of that gap or man scheme at their disposal. And I think with Taysom Hill, they've they've found ways to find that. Taysom also had two catches for 15 yards, um, a long of 18. So the other was a, was a loss of three yards. So not so great. Uh, there, but still helping to helping from all the different areas uh, of the field, as we so often have seen uh, when it comes to Taysom. So, uh, I, I think that, like, if you're looking for somebody on the offensive side, if you're looking and going, okay, so who on the offensive side is going to help this offense get back on track or find their new direction or get on track, whatever it is, you, you have to look at the biggest names and the biggest names from the non-offensive line position uh, in this game were the, the Taysom Hill the the Alvin Kamaras, the the, the Chris Olave, uh, Derek Carr, Jimmy Graham, who caught a touchdown in this game, active for only two, uh, active, only played two snaps, caught a touchdown on one of those snaps, his very first one on a nice route that he ran as well. I just think that like there's value there in terms of seeing those stars come up and help you claw scrape, scratch and fight your way back. Um, not a star, but something else that we really like Is Nephi Sewell? Nephi Sewell having to step in in this game in place of the injured Pete Werner. Eight total tackles, including two tackles for a loss. Never really seemed lost uh, in and of itself. Uh, I thought that he had himself a a pretty nice day in this one. So that was another one that you look at and you go, okay, there's another young piece to this offense or to this defense rather that maybe gives you a little bit of a glimmer of hope in terms of what this team can look like on the defensive side, even if it loses some of its veterans. Uh, And there's a lot of veterans in that, uh, you know, on that New Orleans Saints defense that we'll see if they stick around beyond this season. Could be an eventful offseason from that area, but seeing like young guys like Nephi Sewell step up the way that he did, I think that that's that's encouraging for you for sure. And then the last kind of big positive thing that I want to mention that we really liked from this game, um, the fight. I mean, look- you can either choose to put your stock in a 21-point deficit as it opened up, which is, which is warranted, which is valid, or you're going to want to put your stock in clawing, scratching, fighting their way back, which is also warranted, also valid. Uh, I don't think either of them is wrong. I think in either case, you have to at least acknowledge the other, no matter what side of it you're on. But it's okay if you put more stock in the 21-point deficit. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit, but I also understand putting stock in, clawing, scratching, fighting your way back. You know, there's a lot of times where we have seen this team, and this happens with losing teams. This isn't unique to the New Orleans Saints. This isn't unique to the New Orleans Saints fan base. This is, every fan base does this anytime that a team is losing. The, you know, X players have given up, right? Or the team has given up, or the team is playing like they don't care, or or whatever it might be. Um, I, I think that what the Saints showed you in this game is that that's not the case. You, you could make the argument that maybe they, you know, that I, I've seen people making the argument that, you know, they started off slow because they had already given up and they sort of felt the charge to to work their way back in there because they didn't want to lose by that much. I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch for me. I think you walk into every game hoping that you're going to compete, wanting to compete. And then sometimes you get punched in the throat and you got to find a way to claw your, claw your way back. And I think the New Orleans Saints did that. So I'm glad to see a game like this, even though it didn't result in a in a win. And by the end of the season, there's not going to be any value to place in all of this. Uh, But I think for right now, in terms of where you are with five games ahead of you, you love seeing the fight. And I think it's something that should be commended Uh, because a lot of teams would have just rolled over down 21 to zero with like seven minutes out of the game, right? Seven minutes into the game, they were down 21 to zero. Easy to roll over at that point. Easy to see that game finishing like 42 to 10. Instead, um, they held them to 13 points in the second half, or or whatever it was, and then you know scored 28 points before the game uh, was over. So kudos, kudos on the fight for the New Orleans Saints. Um, the good that we did see was not enough to outweigh what we didn't like. Uh, so what we liked was great. What we didn't like um, had even more of an impact, including. Why do the New Orleans Saints continue to go away from the run game when there's absolutely no reason to do so? We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, and that is absolutely the only thing that you need when it comes to getting tickets for your favorite events. Sports, uh, you know, whether it's NFL, you want to go and see a Saints game, maybe you want to go and see uh, a Pelicans game here in New Orleans. Maybe you're outside of the state, you want to go see something else. Maybe you're in Dallas, you want to go see a Stars game or an Astros game, something like that. There's a ton of different things, including comedy, theater, and music, and much more that you can check out on the Game Time app today. And it's awesome to let you actually see the view from the seats before you even purchase the tickets. The Game Time guarantee means that if you if you buy tickets from Game Time and then on another site you find Tickets in the same row and same section for cheaper, they will actually give you back 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are. So take all the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time today. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's get it who Nation, wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at the things that we didn't like from the New Orleans Saints loss to the Detroit Lions aside from the score of course and the loss itself but a little bit more of the elements of what made that loss up. Starting off with again play calling. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Um look I know that maybe it's a little bit of a a dead horse to continue to you know to continue to talk about here. I, I know that it's something that maybe some people have kind of gotten over. I, I haven't. I'm still very critical of New Orleans Saints play calling and what it has sort of turned into over the course of the past couple of weeks is actually like fine play calling between the 20s meltdowns in the red zone, as we know. Although red zone offense went really well in this game against the Detroit Lions, something else I probably should have included in the what we liked. Uh, Part of that, they did go four or four in the red zone. So kudos there. Uh, But one of the things that I haven't liked here recently is how quickly the Saints abandoned the run game, even though they're still in games. Um, Against the Minnesota Vikings, they had this whole sort of like company line around being in an obvious passing situation. Three minutes left, down eight. No, you're not. I mean, simply wrong, right? Like, that's not really what that was. You just kind of got away from the run game and started airing out passes and kind of reverting to what it is that you felt most sort of comfortable with in just like the weirdest way possible. And then now this week against the Detroit Lions, down five, driving second and six, third and six, fourth and six, pass, 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 even though the run game, as we highlighted earlier, was actually working for you, especially the Taysom Hill game plan, where maybe on second and six, you run and gain three yards. Uh, but then it's a third and three. And then maybe you run again and you got a first down all of a sudden you're driving. Like you had that type of situation to where you had the m- ability to manage the clock in your favor. And again, just the wrong decision of getting away from the run game a little bit too quickly. So this is why I'm still very critical of play calling for the New Orleans Saints. And while I still think there's a massive change that needs to happen there over the course of this offseason, that just feels like It's something that has kind of come back to bite them in the butt in a couple of these single score games where they were still kind of in it, but then abandoned what worked and what worked in favor of lower percentage situations, which anytime you're putting the ball in the air versus keeping the ball on the ground, you're in a lower percentage situation. And so I don't get it. I don't understand why we have seen this now in two of the last three games, the Saints very well in control of their ability to be able to drive down and tie in case of the Minnesota Vikings game or take the lead in, in the case of this Detroit Lions game, the game and just abandon the run game at like the worst possible time. So I think that that's something that I did not like at all from this New Orleans Saints team. Um, Another one is just not being ready to start again. Um, Colin Saunders, I think, gave a really honest explanation of early earlier preparation needing to be done which kind of I don't know if he intended it to be this way and I'm not going to put words in Colin Saunders mouth at all but I am going to say that for me that that initial statement right without the context and knowledge of everything that's going on right because even the media viewing window we only get to see 20 minutes of practice so I don't want to try to you know prescribe blame where there doesn't need to be blame there's already enough to go around we don't need to create a false narrative here But it is interesting in terms of how that sounds like the team comes into games a little bit unprepared. And is that a practice question, right? Scouting the team and learning a little bit more about what it is that they do and then having that understanding during practice and then leading into a game as opposed to having to scout it out during the game. Like, yeah, one of those sounds a lot better than the other. And one of them sounds like it shouldn't be happening in the first place. And so for me, like that creates a big old level of concern in terms of the continued question marks that are going to swirl for the last five games of the season around the coaching staff. Less than ideal to have those types of questions circulating in December around your team. So that's another thing that we didn't like. Uh, from this game. And one last thing that we didn't like from the loss to the Detroit Lions, Derek Carr took 24 dropbacks in this game and experienced pressure on half of them, exactly half. 12 12 plays without pressure, 12 plays with pressure or under pressure. That's not a very good stat uh, for any quarterback to have to Endure. Um, now he still operated very well in both of those occasions. Uh, he had uh, a passer rating of uh, 105.9 when he wasn't pressured, of 90.8 when he was pressured. But that's not always going to be the case, right? Like if you're allowing that much pressure 50% of the time, you're not always going to get the quarterback that comes out there and you know operates pretty well under pressure. So. Just something to maybe keep an eye out on. Again, I think that we have seen sort of this offensive line hold steady in terms of how much pressure it has allowed in games, and that's made it look like it's gotten better because Derek Carr has gotten better at avoiding the sacks, not taking the sacks, things like that. We've seen the pressure rate stay consistent. We've seen the pressure to sack rate drop, and some of that is more about Derek Carr's play than the offensive line's play. And so therefore, I I haven't really bought in to maybe some others that that are kind of talking about how much the offensive line has improved. I'm I'm not really there yet. And this to me was indicative of that. The other thing, going back to play calling for just a moment, four plays of play action called in this game. Whatever it is that Pete Carmichael doesn't like about play action, I'll never understand. I don't get it. Um, And we can't get anybody to explain. What's the downside of play action? There is an inherent downside of turning your back to a defense and having to come up and see it. But Derek Carr has been in the NFL. This is the 10th year now. He's good at play action. Like It it was one of the things that when, when the Saints signed him that we kind of pinpointed and said, okay, this is one of those things that they want to incorporate more in their offense. So they went and got themselves a quarterback that is good in that situation with play action. And then we just haven't really seen it. So there's a couple of little things there from the passing side. Uh, that still you know create some concern whether it's from the play calling or schematic side of it or the execution side of it still some concerns there for sure so a little bit about what we didn't like a little bit about about what we liked uh, as well as an update on Derek Carr what I think things are going to look like going into week 14 we have a better understanding of Derek Carr's progress throughout concussion protocol beginning on Wednesday uh, which is when we're back at practice to see the Saints so uh, we'll we'll continue to keep you up to date for that but you won't have to wait until then. We'll have another episode tomorrow morning on Tuesday, getting you all caught up and kind of looking at the X's and O's around the New Orleans Saints. How did the Saints utilize Alvin Kamara and can they replicate that moving forward? And even for you, some of the things that they should be still adding to Alvin Kamara's game plan that we haven't seen very much yet this season. We got that coming up for you in tomorrow's episode. I appreciate you as as always for all you everydayers out there making Lockdown Saints your first listen of the day, every day. Uh, And I appreciate you, as always, also for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up, learn how the family's doing, let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.